0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: What? Num? Tottenham! Don't be a clock num. You want goals? Tottenham's got the... Tottenham, 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 Tottenham! Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got, let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Top Tottenham! Tottenham! Hello, welcome to another episode of Top 10 Tottenham. Thank you so much for uh, joining us again, wherever you are around the world. Delighted to have this guest with us today. Uh, been on the Spurs show many, many times. Uh, run Storm Technologies. I've known him for many years for the music business, uh, in the music biz for a long, long time. Neil Ashby, how are you, Neil?
0: I'm really well, Mike, and it's so lovely to see you and, and see you looking so well and to hear your voice as well. It's lo- Thank lovely, you very really much. lovely.
1: Remind the listener who, who won't know all the years you worked uh, the record business. Name some of the artists that you 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 promoted and, and worked with for so well, the, long. Yeah, that's fine. The, the obvious uh, big, biggest one
0: in the last few years would have been the Stereophonics. I worked, um, I did the radio, so I was I was a, a director of promotions and, and uh, marketing at uh, v Two Records, and and uh, we, I worked with the Stereophonics and and Elbow and uh, Liberty X. Then previous to that, I'd, be, I'd worked at Virgin on and off for two, two or three times. In the end, um, Lenny Kravitz.
1: That's why I, I met you. When it I was, was going out. yeah, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. So
0: with Sue Winter, I worked with Sue Winter in the early days, and Boy George, and um, you know we, we had we had some great artists. Belinda Carlisle was probably. One of the biggest sort of successes that, that I had. and, and uh, She's got a
1: new album out, I believe. Yeah, I she has. Really and, and uh, I
0: you it. know, I, I bumped into her recently, went to oh, go and really? see her in Guildford. And, and it's lovely. It's just lovely to sort of connect again after, you know, after all these years and, and just see people that you work with. And, and uh, you know, there's some amazing memories. And I I was really, really lucky. I got to work with some terrific acts, big acts. And, uh, you know, and I had a, I had a good time. I had a really good time. and um,
1: Which artists then were kind of... Because certainly 70s, 80s, I'd say all the way up to Britpop, it wasn't a thing to talk about your football club. It was maybe because of the hooliganism. I don't know. It wasn't a big thing. Britpop came and it sort of linked with football on the terraces, the chanting on the terraces. It kind of became, maybe after World Cup 1990, it became trendy to say who you supported. But before that, it kind of wasn't a sort of talked about thing really well must, no i think that you're absolutely right
0: i think if you remember the couple of di- disasters that they'd had and and uh and and so it's all, maybe people were turned off from going it certainly wasn't a sexy sort of thing to to have a discussion about but you know you're right the attachment of hooliganism hooliganism was, was rife as well and and of course then being out of europe and, and uh you know england as well not being brilliant 1990 and and us signing uh, Gaza and having Gaza in, in the team and leading up to to that night. I mean, I remember vividly the 1986 World Cup and Gary Lineker and and Glenn Hoddle and and uh, you know the, the sort of some of the Spurs, a lot of the Spurs players were in that squad actually, um, and then sort of coming into to 1990. 1990 made the whole thing really, really it looked great. I mean, you could wear an Italian shirt without being an Italian football team supporter because it looked good. And the Brazilian shirt looked good. And then they started doing the adverts and, and and, uh, everyone became attached to these, these characters didn't they in, in football. And and so it became much more, I felt much more of a, a a worldwide uh, uh, thing. And then of course, you know, with Gaza, we had this love of a guy that we knew was, was, um, you know, he was not quite, normal in that sense he's just had a, a real sort Draft of sense of yeah robson well that's is. what bobby robson called him wasn't it and, and he was certainly certainly utterly gifted and and uh you know i remember him um you know when he played at uh newcastle down at our place and and uh he he had a great game and and i think it's tottenham's way isn't it if you come to white art lane and you, and you impress you know you then get signed. And the latest one was Yves Bissouma. You know, he's he, he sort of really impressed when he played us and, and it's like, Oh, he
1: looks good. And how did you become a Tottenham fan? How did the Tottenham journey start? Well, it's, it's fascinating because when I was this a kid, lifelong affliction?
0: yeah, well, when I was a kid, I had, uh, my dad is, is, is a massive Spurs fan and used to, and, and used to go when he was a kid. So, so it was ingrained right from the very beginning. Um, you know, certainly at, at that young age, um, being into football, um, and, and loving watching world cups. And, and, and of course I didn't go an awful lot when I was really, really young, we had a local team to us, Aldershot. And my very first league game, if you like, was Aldershot versus Brighton. I I can't remember what the score was. It might, it, it wasn't, wasn't a great game. So because we were just out of town a little bit, I didn't have the opportunity to get to, to a lot of sort of big, big league games. Um, but uh, strangely enough, my my dad worked for a company called KTEL Records. Um, KTEL, he, who oh, <laughs> the, oh. and Who he, didn't
1: have KTEL stuff at exactly, Christmas? Exactly, and he was the MD, the vinyl yeah. cleaner and yeah, all the bizarre all things they used stuff, to sell. Yeah,
0: KTEL. Um, KTEL oh, did not just only records, but they did other amazing. little things like Ronco did as did the same.
1: Ah, oh, Ronco and KTEL. Oh, yes. that's,
0: that's So beautiful. so we went. So wow. He had a box at Chelsea. So in the sort of mid sort of 70s um we were able to go to this to this box a few times and of course get to see Tottenham and uh so I got a few I got a few autographs and I, I can't remember where they are but I can't remember who I got but I got to meet a, a few players uh, um you know from other teams as well as well as well as Chelsea and Tottenham and Derby and, and there were some other teams as well and I got a few autographs and I was a kid you know I was only young so and those, those games were were um impressionable uh we remember i think it was tottenham chelsea my dad went with and he took my mum and, and me and my sister and we got out the car and as soon as we got out the car we could see bottles and bricks flying over us my dad pulled i must have had a park on so he grabbed me by the hood of my coat and my sister and my mum and we literally ran in between these two fighting um uh uh team uh, t- hooligans if you like <laughs> and just and the police turned up and they were thrown in the back of the van it was chaos it was utter chaos and of course you know we just we just got caught in right in the middle of it so you know i had a sense then of, of the sort of passion albeit that's not, not not the right sort of passion but certainly the sort of feeling um between two london teams uh that, that that there was and and uh you know that's still there today and i think maybe maybe some of that that caused people to turn off a bit but of course as soon as the TV money came in into uh into things it just got a bit better but I also remember the the Spurs and Nottingham Forest being on on the TV and I, mem- I remember that um, and then you know I think that's when people started seeing these footballers as much bigger stars than, than they were and I guess sponsorship came in the ability to 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 earn a bit more money than just playing football came in and and um you know when you think of the England football team that won the world cup that, and some of them ended up send, selling their medals because they just didn't have the money not going to happen today it's just not going to happen
1: no well look, your first pick is uh, a game i remember well actually do you uh Hi. i do I, I i i remember this very very well uh and uh, i'm talking of the 1979 fa cup sixth round at white hart lane yes it finished one all let's remind ourselves of the aussie ardiles goal now kick, kick not taken from the right place. I think there isn't a great deal of profit to be had with McQueen so dominant in the centre of that United defence, played in the air, there's a fair chance he's going to win it, except that Andinas has won well that. Tottenham, and my word, that's the most important goal he's scored for his new club. The cross plugging in, there it is, from that free kick, and Ardiles beating them all to it. A beautifully timed header into the back of the net. So, why is this one got in, Nil? It was my first game. It's my oh, first it was
0: lovely. my first game at, at Tottenham Stadium. It wasn't my first Tottenham game, it was my first game at Tottenham Stadium. And it was just I just remembered it because I remember the header. I remember the, the roar. I just remember being in amongst this this, this this sort of crowd and the noise and everything. And and um you know, I don't remember too much about the game, although it was it had a disappointing yeah. ending, I see, I seem yes. to recall. Um, we lost to
1: the replay, I mean. Yeah, we much.
0: did, yeah, we did, unfortunately. But you know that it was that that sort of feeling, and of course, I was really excited because it was the first time I'd been up there. I don't remember the journey up there, and I don't remember much about the rest of the game. But just that feeling of being involved in 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 that in that sort of crowd, and I think that uh, the effervescence that came out of it and the exuberance that came out of it meant that it was just something that I just was, you know, just drawn into, and I loved it. You know, I love that that whole sort of that noise. When yeah. they score, no. you know, yeah. I still get that yeah. excitement today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your, your, your next choice. Funny enough, this is um, I completely forgotten about this game, but on a previous recording, <clears throat> someone else picked this game out up. It was 1986 uh, away at QPR on the plastic pitch. We won five two, with Falco getting a couple. Clive Allen. And Glenn Hoddle, why why is this uh, in your top ten?
0: This is in the top ten for a, a real simple reason. So what hap- happened was, I think Glenn Hoddle had been like discussed um, a, a being picked for England for the for the uh, for the World Cup, but there was always this this bit around him which was like, you know, he, he Bobby Robson wasn't quite sure, and nobody was ever. He quite doesn't sure. trap, he doesn't tackle enough, and oh, all this nonsense. Nonsense, right? He was. Without doubt, the greatest player I've ever seen, and and and, and, and you know, it, it made such a ingrained in, in in my memory a wonderful sort of experience over how a footballer should play football, and this guy epitomised for me everything about it. I took a friend, fun enough, I took Jonathan, who who is um, who lives in in Sasimbra now. I took him, and I said, "Come along." So we're going to go to this away game. It's QPR down the road. I was living in in um, in uh, Labrack Grove at the time. And we said, Let, let's go to this away game. And I said to him, I said, we're we going to be in a QPR end. I said, you must do yourself a favour. If we score, God's sake, don't get up.
1: Hmm.
0: And of course, <laughs> we scored and I was up. <laughs> and we, I think we got, I think it was four 0 at half time. But what I remember about that was that it was a plastic pitch. And Glenn Hoddle was using the ball like a snooker ball. He was pinging it, backspin, side spin, top spin. It was unbelievable. It was majestic, uh, and I've never seen anyone like that. He was so comfortable with the ball at his feet. He plays with his head up. It, everything about him is majestic, and um, and for that reason, it, it was like that. It was his, it was the Glenn Hoddle show, and I started thinking, how can you not have this player in, 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 playing at the World Cup and being the number one player? And of course, when he when they went, he went to the World Cup. He didn't play until Robson got um, Robson got injured, didn't he? I think Robson was injured, and um, was it Wilkins got sent off? Yes, in one right. of the first games, yes, I believe, right. I might be, yes. might be right. I can't. Yes, think. I
1: think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, that plastic pitch, we always largely struggled there. The ball was bounced really high, and I remember we went through yeah. a phase when I think France, Jerry France, was there. We just never really won there. So I mean, this is quite a rarity that actually thrashed them five two on the pitch that they knew so well.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and I think Luton had a plastic pitch as well. And again, it was you know it, it was they weren't really plastic pitches; they were more like concrete with a bit, little bit of plastic over them. So you're right, the ball bounced all over the place. So to have that control that he had and to, the ability to do what he was doing, it was just it, it was just wonderful to watch. Absolutely
1: wonderful. Yeah. Well, your next choice is again a game I remember well, going up there. Uh, this is when we used to win semi-finals. I'm talking about the 1987 FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park. We beat Watford 4 1. And uh, here's the third goal now from Paul Allen. Why's this one gone in, Neil?
0: Friends, family. Uh, the coach, the the. Uh, I mean, I went with um, people that I knew in the music industry. I went with friends. I went with my, my dad, and uh, as usual. And I just remember the journey up there, and uh, remember the anticipation. Um, I'd never been to to Aston mm-hmm. Villa's ground. Uh, I haven't been since We had, we had the
1: big whole tent, I think, from memory. I think yeah, we did.
0: Yeah, we did. And and I just remember this. The, you know, just the, it just the pure excitement, and of course the exhilaration of. I think what we were watching then was one of Spurs' best teams. Yes,
1: yes, and never won a thing, didn't no, they? Think? and
0: that's the shame about you know Richard I Goff. Know. the David yeah, side. Yeah, they was were wonderful. amazing, and and we just had the, they, they were just in a moment where they were fantastic, and um, you know and sort of sort so the excitement over that. And I haven't put the final in because I would say so disappointed.
1: Yes, I've, I've kind of never really watched it back. No, no, you don't need. Well, I remember what I remember about this game was. Uh, The morning of the game, or certainly the day before, it came out that Sherwood, their their keeper, was injured. Their second-choice keeper was injured. And they had to go and get a guy called Plumley, who was running a wine bar. So basically, they had no goalkeeper. They had to get some semi-pro... From uh, as I said, who was uh, the famous Tottenham chance? Back to your wine bar. Go back to your wine bar. <laughs> I don't re- because I he have kind of no he that, spilled a she? shot. One kind of went through his legs. He didn't. He didn't have a good game. The nerves got to him, and he was a basically was running a wine bar and now playing an FA Cup god. semi-final.
0: Oh my I know, god! I never but knew we were, that. We,
1: we were majestic. We were majestic that day. We absolutely thrashed them. Yeah. and we kind of. You're so right. We had. That team, we had those two semi-finals against Arsenal and the then Littlewoods Cup that kept going to replays. We, we were one up. We won one in at Highbury. A we goal up at White Hart Lane. They came back. of the coin. Replay at White Hart Lane. We were goal up again. We blew that one. And then this one as well. We had a great run. Great games. Thought well, we'll, we'll turn over commentary. Scored too early, as we always say on the Spurs Show. Too early. And it just went horribly wrong. And, and the mess with the shirts and uh, you know, not having yeah, the name and all yeah. that sort of stuff. It was like, what, what, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you've already mentioned Glenn Hoddle and uh, a lot of listeners will certainly remember. I mean, you could do a top 10 list of, what well, we have of, of Glenn Hoddle girls, but this is there. It was... Uh, uh, Certainly, his last goal. He it was certainly his last home game. I think we then went to Old Trafford. It wasn't his last game, but certainly put in his last home game. Certainly, his last goal. And here, let's listen to Brian Moore now. Coming
0: in, but off again there. Maybe Spurs now. It's four against three now for Tottenham. And Holland's going through on his own. Oh, it's a support goal by Holland. He salutes the crowd, he gets applause from his manager in the bench and from the Tottenham fans as well. A moment of true mastery. Now, just look at the way he dummies the keeper. Well, the rest of it, you or I could do.
1: Why did this one go in? What a moment this was! Oh, he was. I said
0: before, Mike. He's he's the, the greatest player I've ever seen. He was, he was just majestic, and he could put a ball on a sixpence. That you know that the uh, I think there was a Wimbledon Cup game where where he he hit a free kick and he was off the ground when he hit. And, uh, you know when, when in the, on his follow through and his scissor kicks. And I you know I just found him uh, absolutely amazing. And and I think we knew. I, did we not, when he was playing this game, that it was his last game, home game. I think he'd already said... Well, we knew he was going. Yeah, we he knew was he was, was going. To, uh, so, and, and for him to do what he did was so Glenn Hoddle. I mean, he, he just, you know, he, it, he wasn't... He had no pace. And yet, suddenly, he's free... 10, 15 yards. He, he did something to the, the the centre backs that they were hucker.
1: gone. Yeah, yeah. He, he sort of went. Yeah, past they were. Them. He, he was just through. through, and then of course the yeah the dummy, the keeper, and the way little, little yeah, yeah. drop of the shoulder, hucker on his ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing,
0: absolutely incredible, and and just just that that memory. And I remember telling him as a dad and saying, I'll, "I'll never ever forget that." It was just a perfect ending to what I considered to be a perfect a perfect Tottenham career.
1: Mm. What, what were you doing now late 80s work-wise where were you this so, thing, the late
0: remember? 80s i was working for virgin records so we we would had um you know it was belinda carlisle at the time it was um you know i was doing Sir, uh, phil collins genesis brian ferry then uh, lenny kravitz came a little bit later on after that but a lot of those um you know these big virgin acts at the time we were working on so it was busy Wendy and Lisa, um, you know there was loads of stuff that, that was great. We, uh, but the mo- one of the greatest records that I had the pleasure, and I'm still friends with, with um, the singer Danny Wilson, "Mary's Prayer."
1: Oh yes. yes. So yes. we had three goes That's at that. Right.
0: The third, the third go, yes. it, it went in, and it went in top four, and it was a big hit in America. And and they were, and, and say so Gary's such a successful songwriter um you know he co- wrote songs for the movie sing street and and uh it was it's going on it was going on broadway until unfortunately uh, lockdown stopped that but i think it's going to be re reintroduced there so
1: i love there was an album he did you might be in there he had, he had a band thing called king, king l. l king l yeah oh absolutely. i love that album yeah. had some lovely songs yeah on that, brilliant songs uh, as well I've got it on cassette still <laughs> was it chesney hawks's sister oh i
0: don't <laughs> think know. she was I the singer remember. Um, oh, okay. Great yeah. band, great band. Yeah, really good. Really, all his solo stuff was great. What he does now is great. He's he's one of the top um, songwriters in, if not like, to top, my opinion, next to Paddy McLoon from uh, Prefab Sprout in, in the country.
1: Yeah, there we are. Uh, bit of a jump now. Uh, we're jumping ahead uh, now to April 1998. Uh, this is the league game against Newcastle. we finished two 0 with Ferdinand and Klinsmann. Let's listen, let's let's uh, listen to the goals now. The point at Old Trafford spurred on United fans on their trip to North London. Former United striker Les Ferdinand was in the Tottenham lineup. Spurs themselves not yet out of the relegation battle. And now David Ginola, another one-time crowd favourite at St James's, was the man the home fans looked to for inspiration and safety. He didn't fail them. Now Ginola and, uh, he's so dangerous in that sort of distance, Given had to make the save, shades of Berets-Varush and all that. Here's again, revelling in the sort of supply he's been getting there. Barton's gone with him, good turn,
0: good cross, Klinsmann! 1-0 just after half an hour gone. The German scores, made in France, though. Up there, Trinola's corner. Ferdinand, there's Ferdinand now against his old club. That'll be a special goal for
1: him 2 0. Why is this one got in, Neil?
0: First game with my daughter. Oh, so I'm oh, about to that. go on holiday with my daughter, and uh, she's 30. She's got two kids of her own. We're going without the kids. But um it was brilliant because I, I had to con her to go. And then I had to con her. Sweets, chocolate. Oh, we had the sweets, we had yeah. the chocolate. So we had Maltesers, we had a, some uh, some uh, chicken nuggets, we had the whole thing <laughs> ready like this. And um, she said to me be- be- before we left, she said, you know, and I don't know why she knew this. She was only about four at the time, but she said, I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay long, daddy. And, right, um, yeah. and I said, okay. I said, we'll go at half time. I said, I promise you, we'll go at half time. And um, halftime came and <laughs> I think it was nil-nil at halftime, but we just stayed. And um, there was this moment where she realised that that it was it was too late. And she stood up in front of everyone and she went, Dad, you said we should go at halftime. I want to go. And I just said five more minutes. And literally within that five minutes, I think, I can't remember who scored first. Was it Klinsman?
1: It was first. First, around, first
0: right. Yeah. And then and then Klinsman scored. So we managed to see the two goals. And then we went. So um it was just so memorable because of that. But yeah, I I I, I condo with
1: chocolate and and chicken. It has to be done. Yeah. It has to be yeah. done. <laughs> it's the only way to get them in early and you hope hope it hooks them. Well, look, let's go to a very, very quick break, back in one minute. And we're back for the break. Don't forget, during this close season, we've still got our daily Spurs news show. Uh, You get an update on what's going on around the club every single day in your inbox around midday. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook group, Instagram. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Right, here with Neil Ashby, uh, your next pick, and I remembered this game vividly as well, uh, the first home game of the 94-95 season, midweek game against Everton. Uh, and these two goals are the first one, an absolute cracker from Jurgen Klinsmann. Home debut
0: at White Hart Lake. He's made a career out of scoring goals just like that. Anderton, he has always the option of Kerslake to his right. Kerslake trying to get the cross in. Oh, shouting in and Klins-
1: Why has these gone in, Neil? Well, because we'd gone, my dad
0: and I uh, had been going um, for a few years. We'd had season tickets. And I think this was the first year we'd gone with my son, Oliver. So so my dad um, decided to go from the West Upper. So where we had two tickets in the West Upper, he decided to go and sit behind the goal. Um, because um we, he was gonna get three tickets and, and my son was gonna go and and so you know we decided to go behind the goal for a year and see and see how that was. I mean uh, in the end my dad didn't like it
1: because no. we, we were I, up and I, down I've always, all the I've always time. been I've always been west up. Yeah, we were up and but, down. But true, the time. You've got to see the side of the pitch to see everything that's going on the perspective. I've never liked being behind a goal. Obviously, you do it a lot for away games. I never I never liked the perspective of being behind a no, goal. No, it's funny isn't it? Well. And I think as well, I've done um you know there's, there's there's different
0: perspective isn't there there's, there's one up mm. where you're looking down there's one behind mm. behind the goal and there's one on like where you're at ground level yeah, where you're seeing down. what the managers see and that's yes.
1: I mean that was, yeah. that's difficult to it's far end, you know what's going on yeah.
0: yeah um and of course then you you know when you watch it on the on the TV but all these games I, I I've been to so, so that's why I picked them all because I was there and I sort of saw it but this game was extraordinary for me because first of all it's, my, it's the first not sure if it was a first game that my son had been to i, I think he'd gone to to uh, a home game uh, where we'd lost against blackburn and he, we were in the toilets at the end of the game and he, and he said dad why can't we support blackburn <laughs> 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 be, be, because you know because that's yeah. why um but it, it was it was memorable for it being behind the goal they, they got the goal i mean amazing but also the fact that you're up and down every every 10 seconds because uh once the ball comes into the into the, the third of the pitch which you're you're in front of you you can't see it because everyone stands up so um yeah yeah that didn't last long but it was an amazing atmosphere that guy that year that we had with Clinton was incredible I remember where I was when I heard on the radio that we'd signed him it was absolutely extraordinary it was a typical Spurs thing to do
1: yeah no no absolutely one of Greatest players I've seen at Tottenham and uh, well we've already mentioned this player at the top of the show and uh, for those of people of a certain age this is in everyone's top 10 Tottenham and rightly so and I never ever tire of saying let's hear now from Barry Davis
0: Magnet has gone forward with Stewart to the right Lineker and Howes to the left is Gascoigne going to have a crack he is you know
1: Oh, brilliant Is schoolboy's own stuff.
0: Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Seaman got his hands, couldn't hold. Spurs have the lead. Paul Gascoigne, the scorer.
1: Why has this goal gone in? Gaza, Arsenal, uh, 91.
0: Uh, what a that You've just said, that those three things you said, because it's Gaza, because it was Arsenal. We, I don't know if you remember, but the old Wembley decided to put um, a, a level below the roof of another three, to put some more seats in around the okay. inside under the roof. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was about five or six deep. And we managed to get um, tickets for that. I don't know how, whether they were less or more, I can't remember. But, um My vision was behind Gaza, so I had me, Gascoigne, and the goal as the view. So, and they're all in a straight line, and to see that ball go in from there, uh, unbelievable. I mean, that that was his his year as well. Um, You know, for
1: us, certainly. Yeah, he took us all the way to the final. He did every game.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah. and and and
1: we were the underdogs in that game. Yeah, they were going for the double.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 that was you know it was it was absolutely, absolutely incredible to see, and uh, just the feeling, the raw, just being there for those moments. And, you know, football is like that. I've got a, a great friend of mine, uh, John, who's is uh, uh, also a Spurs fan, and and uh, you know, we, when we talk about football, we talk about that, you know those moments, and and he used to come with us as well to to uh, to, to the games, and uh, um, you know, we grew up together, and, and I you know went with his dad as well, and and, and you know. Lots of Spurs fans are, are, are like this. It, it is about the beautiful game and the the beautiful players, and that moment we, we, it, it is part of it. We're not celebrating grinding out one nil wins over the course of a season because that's not what we do. Like, no, like we're, they
1: were doing that season.
0: No, exactly, and, and uh, <laughs> which is fair enough. You know, I mean, if that's that's you know that that's how they did it, that's fine, but. We're just about those moments, and that was one of those moments. And to be there and to witness that is, is 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 extraordinary. And it will be played for years and years and years.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you go on again. This one is uh, maybe because people get 10 picks. So this one, surprisingly, isn't in more people's top 10 Tottenham for some reason. And I'm talking, of course, of the 91 actual cup final win, which you kind of forget because of the Arsenal game. The Arsenal game was almost... Bigger in a way because it meant so much. Let's uh, remind ourselves of our then equaliser from Paul Stewart. It's a good shot of Paul Walsh there. But here's Paul Allen and Paul Stewart
0: with a chance for Spurs. And the equaliser! Paul Stewart scores and Spurs are back in the cup final. The ball across to Paul Allen, who really made inroads there. Lineker was one side of him, but Stewart was the other. And Stewart coming in from the angle drives that with great accuracy and venom past the right hand of Crossley and into the far corner. And Paul Stewart, who scored Spurs' first FA Cup goal at Blackpool in the third
1: round. And why has this gone in, Neil? This cup? Well, well, Paul Stewart, I mean, this was a tough
0: game. It was a tough game because. going, you know.
1: Should have been sent off, should have been down to ten men. Should have been Two sent
0: awful off. Fails, awful. All that stuff pre pre-kickoff, all of what he was doing pre-kickoff, it, it got yeah. to him, he went over the top. Was it Pierce that scored the first goal for them? The free yes, kick?
1: The free kick. He was someone was pushed oh. in the wall. Should never have never have stood. You know, and, and was, of course literally was pushed in the wall, went in, and then we had the disallowed uh, goal, Lineker, onside, and then yeah. the missed penalty. Yes. Yeah, so we did. went into half time, a goal down. A goal that shouldn't stood. Our best player stretched it off. A goal that should be allowed, and we missed the penalty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and incredible course, how we came back.
0: Yeah, Paul Stewart though was one of what was I always felt was one of those players that was very unfortunate. We bought him as a we bought him as a centre forward, and and he and he just didn't have a great time. And and I remember there was a game against Luton when all the lights went out. Yes, and I, I think remember. we must have been down to nine men or ten yes, men or something like that. Scott and he was, scored a couple. Yeah, young and kid. he got put in midfield, and he was completely brilliant. And and that was where he then he then sat in. And so for him, I I loved it for him for, for you know for him to be able to 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 come alive in that game. And and of course you know just just being there and winning winning the cup was was really really special because although. The the uh, 82 and 84 Cups, I hadn't gone to those games. I didn't go to the 84 uh, UEFA Cup final either, um, but I saw them on TV. But I, that's why they're not in my top 10, because I, I wasn't there. So
1: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary that, as we're t- talking today, that's still the last time we lifted the FA Cup. It's unbelievable. For Tottenham known as a cup team, the fact it's been this long now, gen- old generation, almost two generations it now, is almost two of generations, not yeah. uh, doing it is is a disgrace. Well, uh, it is,
0: and I I wonder. Um, this is probably you know probably not for this show, but I wonder when we when we redo our research on these managers, whether the managers do research on Tottenham. You know, I felt that um, that some of these managers that that we've had are just doing their own thing, and they don't really understand some of the stuff at Tottenham. and no, it's cup, just a the, job. It's just yeah. a
1: job. What am I getting paid? What's my backroom staff? What are yeah. they getting paid? Yeah. What's my compensation if it goes wrong? What's my win bonus? What do I get if I get the Champions League? The days of, no, this club isn't right for me in the way I play, I don't think it fits with your so-called DNA. are gone. It's just a job. And I get it. I mean, it's a job. I, I, do, I do understand it as well. Mm. Maybe we're too kind of misty-eyed about well, you know, well yes and stuff. no.
0: I think we we probably are, but I also I also believe that if you've got an understanding of some of the club's DNA and that is in our DNA, then you can bring if you can bring some of that into, then you've got the crowd. Look, Mike, twenty minutes. If we don't score in twenty minutes at White Hart Lane, the crowd get re- gets restless. Managers that play us know that if we can they can keep us quiet for twenty minutes, the crowd are going to get restless. So that's sometimes the way they play. And you noticed, haven't you, when, when certain teams come and play us, they slow the ball game down, you know, kick, all those sort of horrible teams that have always got little grotty points against us at, at certain times. Um, but equally, you know, we, we've got to go on the front foot. That, we're a front foot team. That, that's that's our DNA.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Well, our next pick, uh, again, has cropped up a couple of times, which is quite nice. Uh, awful game. The 1999 Carlin Cup final, uh, late, late goal from Alan Nilsson. Let's listen to the goal now. what a time to pick to produce your most important moment of the match it's a lovely surging run really drives it Steve Walsh really goes at him he's no real support it's going to push the goal and there's Alan Nielsen we talk about his drive into the box and so late in the game even with 10 men Nielsen's desire to get in there just in the hope that something would happen and this time George you can go up
0: why is this one got in again? Um, because it, it, my son. In fact, funny enough, um, when I was doing my little bits of research, I was with my son. He lives in in LA, and um, we were talking about, um, you know, the, the, these games and, and memories, and, and and he said, you know, he remembered this, and uh, and of course he'd remembered the um, disaster down in Cardiff as well, yeah, oh, um, God, which oh. was truly awful. But you know, this this game in particular yeah. was was pretty grotty, to be fair. Um George Graham and, and we
1: had ten men. Do you remember did, Bobby yeah. Savage we, yeah. kidded and got, kidded got Justin Edinburgh yeah. So we got kitted yeah. out of
0: that. It was a grotty game. It was a we had a grotty manager. Um the football was grotty. Um but it was a good moment. And it's yes. you know and 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 there are, there aren't many of them and uh, you know that I mean that's not that wasn't the last cup we won but it was certainly one of the you know one of the ones that uh, in in a sort of period which was was a difficult
1: period for us. My best memory of this game was one of my old mates Mike Greek, who's been in the music business for know, many right, many like, years yeah, now. Caa, talented, I can't yes. remember where he, where he was then. He got us all into a lounge. We we got some sort of dinner, some sort of thing before the game. And I just remember before the game, or maybe after the game, I can't remember being entertained by Chaz and Dave who were in the lounge. It was a lovely moment. So that's the, my best memory of this game. Obviously, it was great to lift a trophy, and uh, um, well, I mean, it'd been a while then. it been we hadn't lifted a trophy since ninety one, even then. So it'd been a while. Well, we, we, we my, my,
0: my, one of my dad's best friends was, was a guy called Bob England who was Chaz and Dave. Manager. manager. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. So, <coughs> yeah. and I think, I think he, I think my dad even attempted to, to manage Chaz and Dave for a little while, but, but of course, where we sat, they, they all sat in front of us. So, it, you know, we, we all sort of knew them and, and, and sat with them and, um, I, I remember distinctly that awful game when we went up to Leeds uh, uh, to play oh. Everton in the cup final. Oh. We were all on the coach and, and uh, Bob said, this is going to be the the cup final single if it, if it happens. And of course it didn't, but, you know, it was, um, you yeah, know, that was a terrible game, but yeah, oh, yeah Chaz and Dave. Yeah, they're great. great <laughs> well, I,
1: because... I, I, I worked with them near the end of their career. I, oh, did I, got you? A document, I got a documentary away with BBC Four called Last Orders with Chaz and Dave. Yeah. It was out a few years back. Because I saw them, I think I've gotten, I think I think I've got them a gig at the Hundred Club, right? And I said, to them, I said to them, "What are you guys up to?" They went, "We're, we're about to do our last tour." And I went, "When knew you last tour? We're About to do our last tour?" And I went, "Is anyone filming it?" They went, "No." So I contacted Dan oh. Lowe, who was working at North One Television, who's a regular on the show. Another mate, Simon Hanning, uh, and we put this together. We got it away, and it was on BBC Four. It's probably on YouTube. It's a great probably documentary. And yeah. Albert Lee on it, and loads of really really good people talking about it. And ironically before it came out, but because people knew it was happening, they went, oh, we'll do another tour off the back of this documentary. I was like, don't say anything. I've sold the sinners. you're not, you're finished, you're finished, you're not doing any more. And they carried on doing stuff. And then I did stuff with Abbey Road Live, who were a company out of Abbey Road, who did the old, as you came out of a gig, there's the live CD of the gig you've just been to. Wow. Which was brilliant. I mean, I don't don't know if it still goes on. So I've did, I've got, Chas and Dave live from the 100 Club and the Cavern Liverpool. We did wow. as well.
0: Wow, how amazing. Yeah, and That's they're great, fantastic. great live.
1: I've probably got boxes no, they somewhere. They're really,
0: I mean, I know that we, that we know them for the, for the that a lot of people might know them for the novelty and the Spurs yeah. connection, but musically, oh, forget amazing. it. I mean, they're, they're hands down, the geniuses, the, the pair of them, uh, um, you know, absolutely were brilliant.
1: Yeah, they were great. Well, we've, we've, we've raced through these picks and I'm so glad you've gone with one if you like, from a a modern era, but certainly one from, from recent times. And again, this game isn't talked about enough. And I think because of what went beyond and the games, the night in Amsterdam and the night at the City of Manchester Stadium, this one is forgotten. And I think this pick is, for the time we spent at Wembley Stadium, the only other game I think rivaled how well we were that night was when we thrashed Liverpool 4-1 at Wembley. This, to me, the one you picked here, was top two of our greatest performances at our time at Wembley. I'm talking of February 2019, the round of 16 of the Champions League, when we thumped a very, very good Borussia Dortmund 3-0. Let's listen to all three goals now. Here is Vertonghen. Good delivery. And Son has
0: popped it in! Min Son scores against Borussia Dortmund just as he did last season and it's an early goal in the second half for Spurs what a finish from Hyun Min Eriksen Aurier Vertonghen to the back post and here he is Jan Vertonghen with the goal it's 2-0 Super Jan gets it
1: and what a night for the Belgian Eriksen with real whip on that! It's crept
0: in! 3-0! Fernando Llorente wheels away celebrating! What a night for Tottenham Hotspur in the UEFA Champions
1: League! Why is this gone in? This was a great glory, glory night. I, I've been going recently with a few friends, Mervyn,
0: uh, Bob, Lisa, and, um, you know, we were, all, we were all at this game, and... Um, the expectation, certainly being a Pochettino team, being at Wembley, being in the Champions League, these were these were still kind of stuff that that was it was felt like to me, like the beginning of something massive. It just felt great. And as you correctly said, the team we were playing was a very, very, very good side and we had uh you know certain anticipation about what what might happen but trepidation about you know what sort of spurs is going to turn up and but what i saw that night was was was, was incredible the goals were incredible and and you know when you when you if you're in that arena I- at wembley stadium you've got all those people there and, and don't forget we were we were breaking the records for attendances at, at wembley for league attendances not wembley attendances but league attendances because the because the type of, of football we were playing, the, the, the desire to go and see it, the, the big occasions in the big games, and this was one of them. This was this was one of those occasions and it, it mm. you know it was, it was three quick goals in the second
1: half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but it was, it was, like, was just, th- another goal, another goal, it was unbelievable. Just the goals.
0: The goals were amazing, Vitton's performance, son, it was just they were just fantastic. And they are you know, we had a we had a um again with with you know, we talk about teams and moments. You know, that, that, that was a Spurs performance for me. It was it was you know it's full of everything that I loved about football and, and it came away with a with a feeling you've been entertained, a feeling that you've seen seen some fantastic play. I mean, you know, that that that's Sonny's goal. Mm. That was just yeah incredible. Volley. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's really difficult to do in front of 90,000 people. When you watch soccer aid on Sunday night and you see people fall over as the ball's coming through the air and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and they're reasonable players, you know, and they're absolutely reasonable players, but you, you know, you, it's, you know, number of levels above that to be able to do something like that, to have that composure at that moment in time, put that in there and then of course you know because you've got to do that and then make the celebration if you start celebrating before you 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 you've done it you then then you're off and running but of course again it was it was in the middle of this sort of th- this change you know we didn't know what the stadium was going to look like um you know we, but we but we knew why it was being built and what was happening to it and here we were experiencing these amazing amazing uh times uh, as as a Tottenham team. And so the excitement was that we were going to step up and step into this this level. And, and I think possibly some of us felt that we'd done it a bit sooner than than we thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we graced that Wembley pitch.
1: I mean, ironically, you said in that bit that, you know, we really thought this was the beginning of something. Bizarrely, it turned out to be the end of something. I mean, you know, after the, the Champions League run and all that, things turned to shit. And, and one could argue have not come back yet in the three, four years subsequently. No, well, we're that, suffering um, we've been massively
0: for, from the fact that we didn't invest and reinvest because of the type of football we play. And if you look at Liverpool, they're the same. They, you know, every single player is giving 100% every game and they're pressing high and pushing. And our team started to fall back off that. And in the last year, we weren't pressing so high and we weren't pushing because we didn't have that rotation because we didn't have the players. And the players that were... were we're there doing that. They're our first picks for the team now. And, and, and it should have happened before then. So we should have had those places. We're still suffering from that lack of investment at that time. And then what we're suffering from is the investment that we did make. has just not not materialized. Um You know they sleep. The
1: money has been spent; has been spent poorly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, you know, they have spent money, absolutely, but it has been spent poorly. And and, uh, I know it's difficult. You can't always tell who's who. You know who's going to work and who's not. But you know, there's, um, you know, certainly that the the three players that we bought um, after the Champions League final just have just not done anything. And that was a lot of money we spent. A lot of money.
1: I Um, mean, looking back, I mean, the the games you've covered here cover forty years. There was the time before and, and and time beyond this that your last pick there. What does Tottenham mean to you? Supporting Tottenham have been part of your life. What, what does it mean mean to you? Well, I've made some, you know, I, 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 there's
0: there's a lot of really good friends through through Tottenham, you know, yourself included, and and I've got some, you know, some great sort of mates that that we can talk Spurs with, and, and um, yeah, I've got someone someone I know we'll be listening now, a guy called Simon in Australia, and and uh, you know. We always have a moan about them, and 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 you do it. You can have a moan, you can have a whinge. Um, it definitely shapes. It, it has shaped me as as uh, uh, it's certainly my social media. I, I follow when I Twitter, for example, is almost all Tottenham. That that's my you follow your interests, and it, it's it Spurs. So it shaped that. Um, you know, seeing that lot, horrible lot down the road, do well this year and, and then not, not so well, is also give me a little smile on my face as as it would do. And and uh, so that's, you know, is part of a, uh, if you like, a siege mentality sometimes, you know, uh, being in a group of, of people that have a common goal. And then, of course, sometimes it causes, it can cause a bit of friction. You know, you've got, uh, um, you know, I remember loads. I talked to my dad all the time about Spurs. We always talk about Spurs, and occasionally we disagree. You know, we disagreed on 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 the managers. You know, I, I you know I'm I'm a firm believer when a manager's in there, you, you support him and back him. Um, and my most my most disappointing one was was uh, that Nuno. I mean, I literally from the day we started, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it, and it didn't
1: you know. It wasn't... Uh, well, we, it wasn't. we now learn he wasn't first, second, third choice. Well, exactly. Uh, no, exactly. And, and as we record this, we, we've now got this new guy coming past the yeah. And we all believe he he also wasn't first, second choice. Um, well, it, it might be a, a stroke of genius. It might be, wow, this has worked out well, like Pochettino worked out. We, we, we'll soon find out next season. We will. The spin
0: is good you know what I see and I back him the spin is good the, 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 the ex players they've had talk about him is it, it, they've talked about him glowingly the the uh, references from Pep Guardiola is good you know this sort of thing is good what it also means is that that feeds into the team so the the, the feeling of euphoria and a, and that sort of sense of um the right fit will be will be good for us when we're going into into the season how long it lasts we don't know and because what are we going to expect you know my feeling is that you know, we do need to we do need to do some surgery, don't we? A little bit on the players and, and there's uh,
1: a lot of people on that wage bill that need to be removed, and uh, it will mean this is the problem. We'll be losing money on them uh, if you look at what if you're looking at the balance sheets of what they cost and and all that. But sometimes with surgery, you've got to cut deep and not worry about oh we lose money here and just give this new guy, uh, a trim, lean squad, players that want to be there, players that want to impress him, young players that want to be given the chance. And uh, a lot of the so-called senior players uh, who've been there a long time, uh, they might be lovely guys. Move on, you know. You've got to to
0: cut the old branches off for the new ones to grow. It's like, you know, know, that's the thing, is you've got to have these new shoots growing. Um, But, you know, a lot of it is, for me, would be, just, just you know, I've always loved really good football. I really, I have, you know, I, I do enjoy watching good football. I can't, you know, I must admit, some of the football under Conte, Mourinho was turgid. It really was. But, but I, you know, I went with it because I thought, right, okay, there's a there's a common goal here. But, you know, so so being being a Tottenham fan is really about experiencing these sort of moments, these fabulous moments, and they aren't loads they of them. Are. But when they when it was good, when we I was sitting watching Sky Sports and they were analysing Pochettino's team, rank number one, rank number one, rank number one, rank number one, shots on goal, uh, pa- uh, passes, um, running miles per per player, all number one, and, and that's when I I become proud. We didn't win anything, but I was really proud of them, and that for me is is you know is is like it. But there's certainly a bond with with certain people. There's there's you know there, there's uh, there's a uh, a thing about Tottenham, isn't there? I mean, we don't, you know, we don't have an expectation on winning everything. We just really want to win something because we because we haven't won everything. But we have an expectation on winning a game of football sometimes and we have an expectation on being able to compete. And I just want us to and be... And playing in,
1: well and playing attractive yeah, football, which yeah. is once that goes out the window, you go, well, the football's turgid and we're not winning. This has got to finish. You can't accept that as a Spurs fan. You can't. You know, you've got. You, we've got to
0: change that because we, we've had functional football now for... for a few years, and and I need to get back. To, we need to get back to being a little bit more entertained. There's a lot of people that go to that stadium, and the worst, my worst experience in recent memory was was sitting in that AC Milan game and watching Romero with the ball at his feet for a few seconds, not not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, I'm thinking, what are we doing? This is not.
1: Entertaining. Yeah, no, that was that was an awful night. Well, let, let's not dwell on an awful nights because no, you set. dwell on some great moments there, Neil. Thank you so much for coming on Top Ten Tottenham.
0: Lovely, thank you, thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it. Lots of love. Take care.